this computer I am recording. So welcome Sue Jelly. We are Thank going to, you. we're going to have another go at this. <laughs> <laughs> lovely to see you Leslie. And lovely to see you too Sue and um, it's really good to have another go after earlier because obviously we had that technical hitch which we now know is all down to Sky. Going to blame Sky yes. for everything. Mm. Completely responsible. They, when they came, I was here and they insisted on wearing their masks and most of the time they were standing around. Oh, well they didn't help, did they? Did, they didn't no. help us today. No, Roger was doing more actually, to be honest. <laughs> like today, your able assistant, Roger yes. Jelly. Yeah, I think he, he may need to make it. Yeah, he may need to make a guest appearance um, shortly, just to show everybody who he is. Because if without Roger, we wouldn't actually be doing this right now, would no, we? <laughs> no. Thank you, my little boy, Joe, Jonathan. Well, he's yeah. not that little. <laughs> yes, we had to call, we had to call in reinforcements because we couldn't get rid of the green screen off of the Zoom. But now we can because we want to see all your beautiful artwork behind you. Right, can you see it? We can. We can. We can see lots of artwork behind you. So we're going to talk can about you, that's perfect. So we're going to talk about that shortly. But first of all, it'd be really good if we kind of like, as they say in all of the best musicals, go back to the very beginning because that's a very good place to start. Fine by me. And you tell us where it all began. And we are really looking forward to some very, very funny stories and anecdotes. Well, Leslie, it all began a long, long time ago, <laughs> a very long time ago. I did sketching and paintings, mostly abstract, actually, when I was a mere 14-year-old and um, loved my paintings, got a few awards, a few stars. And then I had to make a decision. And those days, way back there, you had to do either art and domestic science, the classics or science. So I chose my languages and um, I never did any more drawing or painting after that until I was in my late 30s, 40s. Wow, so how uh, old were you when you stopped doing that at school then? 14. Gosh. Wouldn't happen now, would it? Well, I don't know. I think it is happening now, actually. <laughs> I think, think that so? is exactly what's happening now is that creativity is being sidelined and being kind of timetabled out of the out of the um, curriculum for a lot of children. Well, yes, a lot of parents say, well, you don't want to do art because there's no money in it. There's, uh, and I have to say that I could agree with them because it's very hard making a living as an artist. I mean, I know a lot of going into photography, uh, media uh design not actually literally staying at their easels and painting because um it is difficult however probably no more difficult than if you picked another profession that is um that doesn't have a vast band of people working within it i think i work with lots of artists now who do make a very good living and they're not you know famous names they're they're just doing very well they're doing steadily they're working hard Exactly. and have a lot of tenacity a lot of substance a lot of integrity and these are the ones we don't hear about I, that's exactly it that's exactly it. i think the ones that you know i i'm working with every day of the week and we've got a couple of them here um 
um, in our in our very small invited audience. Um, they are working very hard every day of the week on their art and they're doing very well. And, you know, it, but it does take a lot of tenacity. It takes a, a really it takes a very positive mental attitude, doesn't it? It does. What keeps me going is because I absolutely adore painting. I, I, it's just wonderful to be creative. I feel as if I'm in seventh heaven uh, to do a job that I love so much and people will buy my work. I mean, it's wonderful. Uh, I, I don't know how I would have approached it if I'd started out as a 17 or 18 year old graduate, but now I'm very happy doing what I'm doing and the path that I took because I've met people and done things that I probably wouldn't have done if I'd gone the normal way through. Well, what's normal these days, to be honest, as artists, anything's normal, isn't it? Or anything. I think there isn't a normal, is there? There, there are no. things that you know you can do that are part of the process, um, part of the rigour, part of the rigour that you have to do to be a successful artist. But how you do them and in what order kind of is down to you. It At is. what point you come back into it. So you said you came back to the art world at about 39, did you say? Yeah, 39. For, my mother just said, I think she saw me wanting to do things. I'd gone into the fashion business and I was obviously wanting to do something. And she said one day, well, you know, you can draw, Sue. I said, can I? Really? And so I started some sketching and I thought, oh, well, I can. So to cut a long story short, I enrolled at the West Surrey College of Art and Technology, as it was known then, with James Hockey um, as part of the adult education process there and learnt. I did three, two and a half years with him just learning and um, that's where I learnt uh, how to draw all sorts of things which we were talking about earlier which oh I think you're gonna have to go I think you're gonna have to tell us that story I think you're gonna have to tell us again. that story again <laughs> well, <laughs> well James was brilliant so at that stage he was 80 but he was and he used to have um, all these little miniature uh, alcohol bottles that you get on uh, flights because he said if we could all let him have a selection of these it was good his um, art box he'd keep his colours in there and I've, I've never done that but still he was very forward thinking and he felt that we should have um, a life studies and as a beginner then I thought, well, this is interesting. And um, we had a wonderful model, but uh, where his, uh, well, where his penis was, I wasn't quite sure what to do, so I left it blank. <laughs> and dear James came round. I don't think I was the only one that had done that. Um, he came round and he said, uh, well, what's going on here then? Or what's not going on here? And I said, oh, I don't know, James, I'm not quite sure. He said, uh, before I had chance to say anything, he just grabbed a very um, thick piece of charcoal and he just went, and this is how it's done, Sue. So it was a sort of, did you catch that? Sort it's a of, flourish. It was a flourish, which was an elongated U, whatever. It looked very good. <laughs> I have drawn, I have drawn the, that part of the anatomy since, but 
I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad it hasn't become a, a real block for you. <laughs> it certainly hasn't become an obsession. <laughs> I don't think. So you did three and a half. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> but we used to sketch in the um, cemetery in the graveyard. I mean, this was in Farnham. And as, an, as a budding artist, I thought, well, I got fed up of doing gravestones, but I stuck with it because you do. If you love something that much, you do stick with it mm. and you go through thick and thin and all the interesting bits. And it, it was fun with him. And then I went to a private studio, which is the one I went to for 10 years, which was uh, run by uh, Claire Hackney of the Hackney family. They were very um, well known at the Malgaras, the Federation of British Artists. I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot from Claire regarding that perspective. Ellipses, you have to learn the rules. Um, I can remember saying to Daphne Todd a few years ago when she was, she's on Artist of the Year, isn't she? I think mm. that's what it's called. And I said, Daphne, I've just seen something where they've completely forgotten about perspective. They've completely forgotten about ellipses. And she said, well, I don't know whether I should be talking about this publicly, but she said, well, it's what the producers want. And if that's what the producers want, and if that's what the art schools want at the moment, it's not going to do the artists much good. The students, rather. Yeah, I think it, uh, these things come and go, don't they? And it's trends and tastes um, and things ebb and flow, don't they? they so do. is that is it through that? As you say, you mentioned the Federation of um, Artists is that British, through, artists, British yeah. artists through that connection is mm. that how you became aware of the SWA yes it was how I became of the all the societies I used to, before I became a, uh, anything to do with the SWA I used to show regularly with the pastel society and that was before I met Ken who was a pastelist but I did I loved my pastel work and I got to the stage where I became a candidate um, but I put some rubbish stuff in. I, you know, there's an art to doing all this and mm. I was busy doing other things. I probably, I shouldn't make excuses. But also I was finding it difficult to use pastel on a permanent basis because it affects my chest. Yes, it's very dusty, isn't it? You really should wear masks. Mm. And uh, that's when I first started wearing masks and Ken was horrible tease when I first started wearing a mask and then with these white sort of uh, polystyrene type things in Paris he said oh blind what are you doing that for love <laughs> that's how he talk and I'd say Ken and of course it, it steamed up my glasses um and then he he whipped it off my shoulder or wherever it was and he said now look this would make a good bra wouldn't it <laughs> Put it on. I mean, after that, I was so humiliated. I never wore a mask after that. <laughs> until now, actually. Let your lungs be destroyed. <laughs> well, the way I paint, I'm a very ferocious. I do actually use pastels quite a bit, but I use them with acrylics now and just plainly by themselves, and I use them quite lightly. But so you were so you mentioned you mentioned Ken there. Ken Payne was a massive influence on you, wasn't he? Oh, massive influence. He was the probably the best influence I've ever had art-wise. He was just he was a rebel. He was a bit naughty, and um, 
I think he used to give societies a good run for their money because he wanted to do things his way. He thought everybody else was rubbish, which probably wasn't very clever, uh, but he was so talented. And I would watch um, him, his demonstrations, which he did magnificently. And it, it, because I was good at observing things, and although he had said, oh, when I teach, I don't give everything away. And I thought, well, I'm going to watch for it really close now. And I could see how he did certain things. I didn't let on to him, obviously. <laughs> he knows now. <laughs> Sir, well, he's up, he's, he is up, he dies. He's, he's watching. He's watching me, yes, he's watching me. But he knew I could tell him off. He didn't <laughs> mind, quite liked it. But, oh, we had some fun. We went to Paris, we went to Bordeaux, went to London, and we had lots of fun. Because it's quite hard, you know, when you're out there painting with a crowd and people watching you. You know, your heart goes and you think, oh dear, what am I going to do today? And some days, and some days, he wouldn't do a particularly good demonstration. So it's not—it's hard work. It definitely—it definitely is. I know um, Vincent, who's listening um, here with us. Um, he does a lot of outdoor sketching, and he's often commenting at um, people looking over his shoulder and um, commenting on his work. And yeah, what else do you do? You know. <laughs> you're an electrician and someone comes up and starts critiquing the way you've put the lights in, you know, it just wouldn't happen, would it? <laughs> it's quite a, you do have to have a certain ability to be able to cope with being a, being a performer. Thick skin, I think it's called. Mm. Yeah. You have to perform, don't you? And you have to be able to cope mm. with that. So you traveled a lot then with him. Yes. We went to Paris. We had some fun in Paris. We were, um, <laughs> We always used to have busy days and we'd meet and of course because of Ken being the character that he was we always used to meet interesting characters, uh, interesting people and uh, one guy he was into cranberries, he was a very tall American, very big tall American, he was into cranberries and when he realised we were artists he was absolutely beside himself apart from the fact that he thought he was going to um, uh, chat us girls up because it was mostly women that went to Ken's <laughs> courses and we did give him the run around a bit because we were all going to go off somewhere and what and there's you know the little Dershowell cars yes yes he couldn't find a parking spot for it so Ken got him to lift it out of the road onto the pavement <laughs> in Paris we got away with it you can get the parking is terrible in Paris. You can get away with pretty much anything. That rule of don't no parking on the pavement doesn't work in France, does it? No. They kind of abandon their cars. I'm often yes. thinking, is that parked or is it has it been abandoned? <laughs> My husband does that. He'll does he? Oh yeah. He <laughs> says jelly space. <laughs> he about well, even in the UK. <laughs> Oh, I, oh, well, yeah, mostly in the UK. Oh, Spain. I won't even tell you what they did at the casino. Better <laughs> <laughs> not. No, Roger, we need Roger on our side. He is our technical <laughs> wizard. We need to keep him on side. Being, so, with, being with characters mm. and, talk, and observing them is what an artist is about. So all these little 
trials and tribulations, especially when you're with somebody like Ken, sort of evaporate, but will all become part of your history and become part of uh, snaps, snapshots of your memories, which you then incorporate in paintings subconsciously. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because that's what artists are trading in, isn't it? It's emotion and yes. memories. Yes. Their emotional absolutely. response to the memory that they have, yeah. Yes, yes, and of course, the more you travel, the more you're out there painting. I mean, I paint a lot in the studio and being an artist is a very solitary occupation. I mean, the cat's there and my music, which I play very loudly because there's nobody else there to listen really. But I do get fed up. I do have to break out every now and again. But once you're in the zone, and uh, all artists know this, I could stay there for hours painting as long as everything's going well. What have you been doing during lockdown then? Well, during lockdown, I was reintroduced my art to flowers. I haven't painted flowers for years. And every day we'd eat breakfast, lunch and dinner on our big table. And I would do flower arrangements all from the garden. And I started painting them. And hence- uh, the Is that what we have here? And this is all in white. The pink flowers are weeds, actually. Wow. Very and the other, the white flower, I can't remember the name. It, it's a perennial, but I put them all, I just, I don't plop, plop them in the vase, but I make arrangements. And I called them, I've called the whole series Nature's Exquisite Models. I had no models at that stage. So, nature's exquisite models flowers from my garden so that's what um uh the other one is in my studio it's too big to bring up really and so i painted uh, this one all in white white peony i've got some blue flowers down there but they're a little bit small i can show them to you like I, I think this black and white one so you you tend to either do the monochrome don't you or you go for those yeah. we can see underneath the bright vivid reds and blues of the other piece so that's more yes. like we know you for is the yes. movement and the color yes most definitely do you think um, you bring that closer yes i can um these Oh, don't fall over. With, with Everything's going really well. <laughs> don't fall over at this point. <laughs> now, this is masked ball. Wow. And I just have Beautiful. to do, finish this lady here. Um, there's a lot of shading uh, that I want to put in there, but I've been taking it quite quietly because when you're, you start off with an idea and then halfway through, I think, I don't really like this. I'm going to change it. And fortunately, I was taught by a very good teacher, I Ken, to destroy. Change it halfway through. Don't be too precious. That's when the exciting thing happens, isn't it? That's when the magic happens. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. And you have what's known as happy accidents. Um, with this lady here, I wasn't planning to show their eyes through the masks, but it just happened. 
probably because I was paying attention. <laughs> and this is the other very colourful one, which is the um, Venice Carnival. Do you go Everybody. to the Do you go to the Carnival? Yes. Oh, yes. That's where I've got a had a got a lot of my um, inspiration from uh, going to Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Uh, I just love people. I just love how they interact. I do do serious painting. I mean, I have downstairs and I got an award for it last year from Her Royal Highness Princess Michael of Kent, who is our royal patron at the SWA. And it was the ex-prisoner from Robin Island. And he was ex-prisoner 337 stroke 88. They had it tattooed on their... Um, and what motivated you to do that then? What motivated you to do well, that painting? We were visiting Robin Island. It was one of the tourist spots that people went to to see what had happened there, especially when Mandela was there. And we were shown by, around by the actual prisoners, ex-prisoners. At this stage, it was no longer a, a prison. And they felt that they were the custodians of the history of the apartheid era. And most of these men, they were washed out. They were on drugs, they were drinking, but they still wanted to show the world what they'd had to put up with. Mm. And this painting, it's downstairs, but it is, it is on my- Is it uh, on your website? website? It's on my website on uh, New Works. Let's have a look. And See if we can get it and see if we can screen share. And Dominatrix, no, that's not the one. The gypsy. Oh, the story behind that. <laughs> uh, oh, I've got it now. Here we go. I don't know whether now this is going to be a test because I've never screen shared on Zoom. Zoom before. So everyone, brave up now, okay? I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. Screen share. Share. There we are. Right. Can you can you see? You can. So ex-prisoner Robin Island. Yes, this guy. The black and white one. Yes. And it was his eye. They, they, you could tell. You can tell a lot about people by their eyes. And being a portraitist, it isn't because I study people all the time, but I'm very observant. And he had that tiredness and worn out feeling in his eyes, but he was also still very proud. And I tried not to show the the, um, the bars because they had bars all over the place. And I took a picture of him by the bars, by the prison cell, by the cell. And he looks so world weary, doesn't he? He was, his eyes were all yellow. I mean, I don't, I suppose, yes, but he was so lovely. He looks really, he does look like he's got, had the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if now, if I, so there we go. There's the dominatrix. Ah, dominatrix. Uh -huh. now, dominatrix is part of my new series, black and white series. I did her about a year ago, but I want, I have a black and white series of faces and places of the world. And I've just finished uh, a second one, which is the um, jazz at the Petit Journal. 
in Paris, which is where I can again. That was an mm. interesting visit too. <laughs> um, Dominatrix is a combination of people that I met in Tucson, Arizona, because I used to have it two agents over there. And the gentleman at the keyboard there with the uh, dreadlocks, uh, he was a musician that used to go around the various restaurants. Now the lady in front is a very feisty uh, violinist and she's very much in charge. Hence the story. I mean, it's a, it's a saucy tale about girl power and it's full of allegories. The girl is in charge, her violin, her bow, and her musicians in the background who obviously are doing what she's telling them. Exactly what, she, what they're told to do, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, I really wanted to bring up, if I can find it, um, the picture that we oh, were looking at earlier. There we go. Of the barfly. Uh, bar yes. And I wonder, yeah. if I can, wonder if I can make that any bigger. Yeah. There we go. Barfly. Oh, that's, we're talking. Yeah. I thought this was enchanting. And this is one of the pieces that you've done during lockdown, isn't it? It is because in lockdown I had no models, but I've always had sketches. Uh, because with Ken and other, you know, privately, mm. I've always had models and uh, I've kept sketches and photographs. And this lady, I think I did her out of my imagination, actually, to be honest. I think this is one of the paintings that I sometimes think I'm going to doodle, play around. That was totally from my imagination, Barfly. We're all supposed to be drinking more. We're all supposed to be at the bar at the moment and being naughty naughty drinkers and I thought it was um, a rather I thought it was a rather nice painting because I like painting people's backs you can tell as much about a person from their back view and from their gait the way they walk and carry themselves as you can from the front and is this pastel is this pastel no, it's acrylic on a canvas board, but there is pastel there in the glasses. Sometimes so I say it's got a hint of pastel too. Yes, there is. And when I do something like that, I have to be very careful. I can't uh, varnish it. And I, well, I spray varnish it. Mm. And I have to spray varnish it about a half a dozen times. Because the light on it is exquisite. Oh, thank you. Absolutely exquisite, the way you've rendered the light in that picture. And it, it was meant to be like that, because if you have a window, if you have the sky, you always have to have something going on to show you uh, that there is a beam of light there, mm. a ray of light. And of yeah. course, we don't know what she's going to choose. I, I particularly didn't want her holding a glass fairly obvious she is going to but sometimes I get a bit naughty with my paintings I don't always do the obvious Leslie <laughs> <laughs> good good now I'm going to try and unscreen share now let's see what happens oh look at that there we are gosh that wasn't quite so scary as I thought it might be I thought we might all disappear <laughs> well if you can find a picture of Quincy Jones because that was another outing oh let me see if I can find one then no, which so I need was to very Go off there. So what page might Quincy Jones be on? Well, um, he's not, he's, he's, he's sold, he's gone. Um, which page? He's not on my home page. 
I think he might be on my uh, portrait page. Portrait page. Let's try portrait. Under portraiture. He yes. should be, and if he's not, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's uh, a sort of profile. Totally yes. There we are. Got it. Got it. Yeah, got it. So I'm just going to try and bring it up. Right. Okay. We're going to go through the scary screen sharing thing again and see what happens. There we go. Can you see there? It's quite That's small. Him. Yeah. God. Yeah. This was, this was, um, I was commissioned by the BBC. I had an agent. I've had agents in this country and, uh, and in America. And this was a lovely agent I had here who had a lot of connections to the stables. You know, the jazz in, mm. is it in Lake and Buzzard? Somewhere around there. It's just outside Milton Keynes, isn't it? Is it? Yes, I've forgotten really. But, where, Cleo, um, where Cleo Lane is, isn't Cleo it? Cleo Lane, yeah. Sure, she knew this. She was a lawyer, actually. And she got me this commission because she knew people at the BBC. And it was to really celebrate the BBC uh, two and three jazz awards. And I knew Quincy Jones was going to be there uh, to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award. And so I thought, oh, I'll do a portrait. Of course, he didn't sit. So I had to scrabble. You just do lots of collections of sketches, pictures that you see. And then I decided I liked this. Uh, he was a bit older. This was a young version, mm. which I thought was quite nice. So to cut a long, another long story short, I did lots of paintings. I did, I did a jazz scene from New Year's Eve, which actually Roger Taylor from Queen bought. Uh, I did some other ones which other people bought, and this one I did of Quincy. Oh, that, that. So you've got Quincy there, and then you've got this yes, one. That is another one who um, was from uh, Ronnie Scott's. Love Ronnie, but, Ro love Ronnie Scott's as well. But with Quincy Jones, he was, he, I, I met him because he was. Uh, it, well, they had the big award at the Mermaid Theatre in uh, in the city, yes. and I met, and um, I wasn't quite sure what he looked like because he was a bit older then. So, so I thought I went to the most colourful character in the room. <laughs> I said, "Are you Quincy Jones?" He said, "No, I'm Count Basie." I said, "Oh." <laughs> Basie, there's a painting of you up there, <laughs> and he bought it. And I know he it's hanging in his LA mansion or whatever he's got. Fabulous, because Fabulous. Uh, Jamie Cullen and the guy that organized the whole thing actually went out there the next year. I mean, they were full of all, but it was interesting talking to somebody like Quincy Jones about producing work because mm. I was a great fan of, of Michael Jackson mm. and Killer which was the most amazing, I think, video. Mm. I asked him about that. He said, he said it was just perfect. He said, we worked very hard. We did it in seven days. We all wow. gelled together. We all worked together. And it worked okay. Well, it was very, very popular. And very yeah. Well, that's when the magic happens, when everyone is in alignment, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing yeah. things happen. Yes. And I asked him about the one they did after that. I can't remember the the name of it. She mm. said it just went on for weeks and it was not a bit difficult to do. I've heard that from many um, musicians that the 
songs that they re write and do the music within you know a few hours the, the ones that are really successful and those that take forever just never quite hit the mark do they it's a bit like they making art it is very much so i've done innumerable uh, first sketches uh, and when i was learning um i used to dread the fight the two minute sketch the five minute sketch a 10 minute sketch and I think oh gosh how am I going to get everything in we well, are not supposed to get everything in you get the flavor and it's the best exercise that I've ever had to do in my life it's 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 mm. been wonderful well I know sometimes when I paint a painting the best of that painting is in that first half an hour and then sometimes I'll go and muck it up can't help yourself but mostly I think of Ken sitting on my shoulder and you don't you try not to but it's so very easy to not mm. know when to stop knowing when to stop is a really good thing isn't it you know but then as you said sometimes you have to break it and and then remake it there's just there's just no there's no formula there's no one right formula it's just what works for you there isn't and as long as you've learned the rules beforehand and we all know the rules mm. yeah we know subconsciously we might be doing what we're not supposed to do but we are in a, in a stupid way in a, in a way um yeah you know you get to know the r rules so that you can break them absolutely absolutely so you um you were the president of the swa for how many years four years Six years. Six years talking about six. rules. Six yes. years. Six years. I took that on um, in 2012 and it was just wonderful. There was a lot to be done. It was tough. Mm. It was very tough because it was a, it was a time when all societies were changing or needed to change. People don't like change, do they? No. Those <laughs> people really don't like. I think. 2020 has proven how little we we like change to like to change but we soon adapt yes. we do adapt you know we don't like change and i can understand that because it's good for our confidence mm. we don't want to go off and jump into the abyss without knowing what we're going to see but yeah a bit of stretch is, is important and so to you, stretch, to stretch us. We have to stretch a little bit, don't we? You have to do a little bit of stretching and then we find that we've grown a bit because growth is really important. So when yeah. did the SWA start then? Because it's a very, it's quite an old society, isn't it? Well, I've always looked upon the SWA, which started in 1855, as a modern tradition. I mean, when I took over, there was still talk about uh, feminists and it shouldn't be there shouldn't be such a thing as an all-women's society and probably in the in the context of what goes on these days um i would never recommend anybody setting up an all-women's society uh because i don't think it's i just don't think i would but in the context of what was happening in 1855 when ruskin was saying things like well women don't know how to paint i think he changed his mind after that and when uh, women were not supposed to, and their husbands are very much against this, were not supposed to show works mm. in public, 
they did, but they used pseudonyms uh, or they uh, just didn't care. But most, so in that time, it was good, uh, and it took a long time for that to for a woman to become uh, a member of the RA. I mean, I think we've come a long way since then, but I would never want to see something like the Society of Women Artists disbanded. Absolutely not. It, it is a modern tradition. And you know, we've been talking a lot about history in the last few weeks. Our history is important. Our history has taught us what we do today and what we should do for the future. And we can't destroy history just like that. It's, it's so important. It's the lessons, isn't it? It's the, the important lessons that we can learn. As you said, I mean, it's quite shocking when you're talking about what was happening in 1855 to think that was only 170 years ago, 165 years ago that that was happening. That is quite a shockingly short period of time, actually. Well, that, how long have we had the vote, Leslie? I know. Since the early nine, since the early turn of this century, isn't it? So the, the 19, 19, 19, 19, 20, was it? I was going to say 1918. I can't remember exactly, but it's around that time, isn't it? The early, nine, the early 1900s. Oh, what was it? He's giving us the facts. Oh, he's saying we didn't immediately all get the vote. No, it was only certain women got the vote. And then eventually all women got the vote. So but that's, but that's society, isn't it, really? But I think... Uh, the first world, Vincent's just saying, the First World War changed a lot of things. It absolutely did. And the Second World War, even more. Yes. Even that's more. Um, so, I mean, that's quite, that is quite um, shocking for me that it's such a short period of time, really, when you think about it in terms of history and that mm. where we are today and what we're, you know, what we're able to do as women. And, and we've just seen, you know, yesterday, the, um, in the US elections, the first uh, election, the first female vice president elect and a, and a woman of color. I just think yes. it's just groundbreaking and it's just so heartening as well after the previous incumbent to see that um, the United States do something um, so uh, forward thinking as that. It's, it's, uh, it's heartening to, to feel that, you know, change is coming. And uh, because I know even just a few years ago when I was doing my master's, they were saying we were still a hundred years away from women being equal to men. But I think in the last few years that has that, that gap has shrunk again. You, for instance, are the first female chair of the, I'm reading this because I need to get the, the, the words right, the Painter Decorators Fine Arts Society, aren't you? How did that happen? It's brilliant because it's the PDFAS, which yeah, I have. I'm not going to say that. I'll, I'll say that wrong. And then people will say, "She is that something to do with dogs or something? <laughs> it probably is. A lot of old dogs. PDSA or something. Say that. No, you didn't say that. No, you didn't mean that. I didn't that. say that. You didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, no, they understand. Well, yes, they, I think they understand where I come from. But I was so proud to become a freeman of the worship company of painter stainers which also gave me the freedom of the city of london and i'm actually a londoner i'm so, so proud of my uh, birthplace 
Uh, I'm, the, I'm one of four and I'm the only one that was born in London. And I was at two and we moved to Bristol where I was brought up and where I went to commercial college actually because I couldn't paint. So I went to commercial college. So I have got some business background too. But I always used to go and stay with my cousins in London and I like the bright lights. I used to go to, the, oh, everywhere. And uh, even when I was a big girl and married, Ross used to take me off to Raymond Reviews Bar and all sorts of seedy places. But by then we were married. Good, I'm and pleased we, to hear it. <laughs> got married in 1966 and we moved to London then. And... Uh, and I just, so I'm very proud. And because of, I did love my history. And I think history is so important. It's important to artists, it's important to our kids. Um, I always learned about the guilds, how the guilds of London helped the apprentices and, and they're still helping people, even in COVID. Mm. Uh, they're doing all sorts of things in the city to help the people yes. there. And I'm very proud to be Part of that, and I'm very proud to be the first lady chair yes. of the PDFAS. <laughs> and, um, Painter, decorators, fine And I'm society. going to name drop here because Daphne Todd is also an honorary um, liveryman, I think, or liveryman. Mm. And Ken Howard, who's an absolute sweetie, yeah. he shows us, and he is such a lovely artist. Yeah, he's a lovely man, isn't he? It's mm. quite fun to go to his studio. Mm. So what do you what do you have planned for them? Because you made quite big moves with the SWA. What do you have planned well, as your years as chair? Well, um, I'm working on it, Leslie. I'm working on it, and of course yeah. now I'm in a completely different arena. I have men to contend with. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh no! Very, they're very well behaved because I don't take many prisoners. <laughs> And when I get upset, I get upset. Look, what's Roger doing? Roger, we can see you crawling behind there. <laughs> Where's Roger going? Is he a pr Are you taking him a prisoner? <laughs> My phone was about to ring. So <laughs> That's hilarious. We had that with Annie Catford. Do you remember, guys? We had that with Annie Catford crawling on the floor. Her husband crawling. <laughs> Roger does know his place, yes. But he does know his place. He's he does very good going place. down on his knees. <laughs> no, my plans, my plans. I, my plans are for, for, for the company artists to um, want to uh, take part in exhibit. Because I think all societies uh, have their ups and downs. Mm. And when I joined, it's—I don't—I got the feeling it wasn't such a bustling society as it had been. And um, yes, I'm enjoying making a few changes. I've got a very young um, deputy chairman. I have got a very interesting um, army uh, a, a gentleman who paints uh, war scenes. And he is very interesting, and we have a, a, a good council. And I'll invite you next year. 
I need to I need to come and see the show, don't I? I need to see what you're doing because you and I have got some plans, haven't we? We've got some plans to have oh, yeah. to to make some difference. Um, we're having a we're we're having we're we've got our little witch's cauldron out and we're like stirring it with a bit of toil and trouble to see whether we can make life a little bit easier for artists after this um, whole episode of 2020. So I'm really looking forward to like talking to you more about that and seeing what else we can do. And I'm so excited to see the changes that you make to that society because I know that you had such an impact on the SWA and um, I think the future for them is bright if you're going to make it more bustly then it's going to be exciting times for that society I think um, I really loved coming along to the SWA shows and the openings and I was very privileged one year you asked me to speak and that was a really uh, moving um, opportunity because I never really stood up in front of people in that context before and talked That's about my talked about myself so um, I've talked about artists you know all the time but I never actually talked about myself so that was a it was a moment yeah and I really appreciated it and I've really enjoyed this I've really enjoyed I'm so glad we made it work I'm so <laughs> glad we made it work now Frat, I think um, Fran had a question earlier on, which I think we've answered actually, which was, do you work from photos and sketches, which you've said, yes, you do, but you do like to work from life as well, don't you? I work from anything I can get my hands on, apart from that. I say. <laughs> I work from, I, because I spent a year just uh, studying life, I mean, it was a year to private studio just once a week, but we had uh, wonderful models. And Claire would go down to the local gym in Aldershot called Muscle Junction. Oh. And she would pick up, knowing what Claire was like, pick up the odd male or two. Oh, one of these wonderful models uh, came back. He was very young, raven-haired, and as etiquette, as etiquette decrees, you go behind your screen to, well, not change, just really to take everything off. And this lovely boy uh, appeared, and, he, and uh, I was probably one of the youngest then, and there were lots of old ladies, lovely old ladies, very nice old ladies. Um, and I thought, oh, it's going to be interesting. And he uh, appeared and then he picked up his riding crop and he said, ladies, how would you like me today? And he proceeded, he said, would you like me climbing up the wall? <laughs> would you? I mean, it was hilarious. Nobody batted an eyelid. And um, he was he was lovely. He was he had the most beautiful freckles on his bottom. <laughs> Look, we're going to be going through your website trying to spot this this creature <laughs> with the freckles. Leave <laughs> that. I've got another one hidden away, but oh dear, that was. Oh dear. So Fran is saying, have you kept all of your sketches, all of these sketches you've done over the years? Have you got an archive? I've got sketches all over the place. Can I just show you this? Yes, yes. This is from Shanghai Thai, and it was given to me by a good friend of my son's. And it's silk and it's woven. Can oh, you see? Beautiful, yeah. 
and this is this is not full of sketches but there are some in there i've got some workings out of sales <laughs> i always like to count my money <laughs> and there that was that was um a sketch you see just a simple little thing like that can go a long way yes and you can refer back to it and you can refer back to it yeah and St Paul's Cathedral, St. Paul's. which I painted many times. Oh, look at this one as well on the left, the dancer. Yeah. It shows, doesn't it? You've picked up um, uh, the the marks just of doing the singular mark. Mm. And it, that was all helped by um, those two-minute sketches. Yeah. Three, yeah. four-minute sketches. Um, and the man's penis. We mustn't forget the man's penis, because obviously oh, that yes. obviously so, helped. One of those archive it did actually. <laughs> the singular curve. I, I looked at something oh well, I did something after that where I put just put in too much detail. Oh dear. I'll say no more. Say no James, more. I think James Hockey had this I'm sorry. Is it uh, but James Hockey had the right idea. Just a sweep, just a sweep. <laughs> Be, be firm, be firm, Miss Jelly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been a delight. I'm so glad that we managed to do it and that uh, we've got this one uh, recorded and we will put it up on the website so everyone can watch. And I'm sure we'll have lots of comments and uh, everyone wanting you to come back and do another one. And hopefully in the new year, we can do it again once you've got all your Wi-Fi sorted out. Once, once Roger has got the men in to sort out those yeah. naughty boxes that were being yeah. very very badly behaved earlier yeah. i can't yeah. wait to um for us to be able to um meet up at a live exhibition again i truly enjoy your company you're lovely isn't it? you're a pleasure to to be with and, and so vivacious and always make everything such fun as well as um having uh, being so talented in the uh in the art department <laughs> Thank you so much, Sue. And thank you, Vincent and Fran, for joining us. Um, I hope we were more entertaining than the one show, uh, which you would have missed on Newsnight, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and we will definitely have um, Sue well, back if you'll, grace our, if you'll grace our screens um, again in the new year. I'd love to, actually. Brilliant. I really would love to, Leslie, because you are, I've met you many years ago. And I can remember coming down to the powder mills. Yes. And we had fun with Danny and Kate and you and me and the peacocks. And the peacocks. Out. Yes, they are. <laughs> and the exhibition. It was fun. And I just remember you being so kind oh, to me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And talking, of, um, and talking of sketchbooks, I have got another uh, a lovely black sketchbook. You gave me some pencils. Oh, I, I still did, have them didn't in my... I? You did, and I still have them in my studio. Oh. And I'm sorry, I meant to mention that as well. You're very oh. kind. Oh, and thank artists, you. artists need people like you around, and we'll talk all about that. You know, yes, I think that's a that whole time. separate conversation, isn't it, about how we help artists to really, um, you know, achieve what they're able to achieve. And everyone's what they're able to is different, and everybody's 
different um, everybody wants something different as well everyone's happy is is different and we shouldn't it's not a competition of whose happiness is better than somebody else's it's um, just you know to do you to do um you the best you can and just make sure that you're doing it and being happy and as i said earlier there's no right or wrong way to art you just have to do it your way and um, if you're in alignment with yourself and you're doing it and you're happy then you'll get to where you're meant to be and that's that is good enough mm. and that's yeah. something that you and i you know we're going to have long conversations about but yes it's um yeah as vincent says the diversity of in art in the art world now is a positive thing and i love the fact that i've seen so much um change over that like 12 year intense period that i've been working within this arena obviously you know i've had 20 odd years 25 years in the art world but um, intensely for about 12 and I've seen such change in that time and I feel I have to say and I think I said this to you the other day I feel privileged to be living now I often thought that I'd been born at the wrong time because I love history like you and I love you know the big flowing frocks and um, yeah. and maybe a, a calmer slightly kinder era but actually I feel totally privileged to be living now because this exciting things are happening and, ch and massive changes come when you have a, um, a an episode like we've just lived through it it throws up so much but it creates a gap doesn't it of which that is potential and that's so exciting you know i'm so glad you said that leslie because i haven't touched on my family too much mm. but i have to say i just wish my grandmother and my mother were young in this era yeah. Because they had so much potential. Mm. They had so much to give. And life was not that easy going during the war. It wasn't easy for my grandmother. No, but they're living I, through you, Sue. I truly mm. believe that, you know, we, we take things from every generation that has gone before and they carry yeah. on living through us, don't they? Yes. We are, oh, yes. we are so much a part of all of those that have been before us. And especially around this time, you know, when you're um, of remembrance as well, that I do feel, you know, I feel the essence of my of my nan, who was very precious to me, with me every day. And, you know, I hope that everything that I do, she feels has made her life a little bit more worth it. Well, I learned a lot from my grandmother and my mother. And I have them to thank for so much. And what more can you say, really, Leslie? We're exactly. Lucky. We're very, very privileged mm. to be living yeah. now and we have to remember the the times that they went through but as i say i feel that they're with us every day we're you know oh, yes. because yeah. we are so much part of them but mm. thank you so much and thank you fran and vincent um if you want to unmute your mic you can say hello yeah. and <laughs> cheers <laughs> yeah there you are fran's got her vodka and uh, <laughs> tonic and yeah Vincent and I haven't got any alcohol. There's hardly no. any left in that, Fran. Oh. You should have a virtual way of sharing it. Yes. Yeah, we need to be able to share <laughs> the, the, the alcohol around. I'm sure you can smell it. I'm sure you can. It's beautiful. What is it, Roger? It's a nice white wine. Is Roger still on his knees? Poor man. Is, he still, is Roger still down there on his knees? I think no, Roger, needs to just, Roger needs to just dip in and say hello. <laughs> Oh, yes. Come Brown. On, Mr. 
come around, Mr. Like Jelly, it. and say, oh, Mr. Jelly's glass is nearly like empty. There well, he is. I was told to get the glasses, you see, so in fact, uh, <laughs> just get the for the end of the evening. So cheers, everyone. Nice to cheers, see you all. Cheers. Cheers. And thank you, Roger, for helping us so much. It's been brilliant. Thank you, yeah. Sue and Fran and Vincent. And we will speak very soon. Thank you. All right. Take I care. Hope. Yeah, we will. We'll speak very soon, Sue. Thank you so much. Lots of love. Lots of love to you and lots of love to everyone who's watching us. We don't know because everyone will be watching at all different times now, even though we tried to do it at one o'clock today. The gods, the tech gods did not want that. They wanted us to do it now. And actually, I feel it's been lovely. It's been really mellow. Mm. And really we have, this is the first drink of the, well, no, this isn't the first drink of the day. <laughs> oh, we did have to, we did have to have a drink with our lunch after the shenanigans. <laughs> Don't blame you. <laughs> I had to go for a walk with the dog. <laughs> oh, that's even better. <laughs> I, I said to my husband, Paul, I said, he said, are you all right? I said, just, I just need to go and get some air. <laughs> I'm going to take the dog for a walk. He said, when I came back, he said, how are you? I said, I feel a lot better now. And I said, and on my way back, Roger rang to tell me what had happened. And so that really helped. <laughs> Uh, it makes us all, it just grows, it helps us grow and be more resilient and mm. it was, and I've had a lovely evening, it's been absolutely perfect, so thank you so much and we will speak to you all very soon. Take Bye, care Fran. now. Bye. Bye, Vincent. Bye, Bye the lovely Leslie. <laughs> Bye, the gorgeous Sue and Roger. Bye. Bye, everyone. Lovely to know you.